Welcome to the Queer Spirituality Podcast. I'm your host, Julian Crossenhill. This podcast is about an idea. It's the radical idea that queerness is a gift and that the divine celebrates it rather than merely accepts it. We'll explore the special role that queer people are meant to play in the coming spiritual awakening. Through the lives and stories of queer people, we'll explore the many ways of approaching the divine and how the sacred reveals itself in everyday actions. Most of all, this is a podcast about love. It's about the love of the universe. It's about love between people. And it's about the love a community can share with one another. Thank you for joining me. Hello and welcome to this episode of the Queer Spirituality Podcast. I'm your host, Julian Crossenhill, and today I want to talk about Halloween. Happy Halloween, everyone. This seems to be a popular queer holiday. We all seem to enjoy dressing up and going out and just having fun at this time. But this time also has more serious aspects to it in pagan in pagan circles, we celebrate it as Samhain which comes from a Celtic festival. And there's a common idea that at this time, the veil between the worlds is thinner and that we can more easily communicate with those who have gone before, those who have passed beyond this world. And while this is a new idea, this idea of the veil comes from spiritualism and it's it's a modern creation. It's not unique or authentic or ancient. But one thing that is traditional and does come from earlier cultures is the focus on ancestors at this time. And of course, on on the show, I had Ben Stimson on episode 13. We talked about his book, Ancestral Whispers, and the practice of ancestor veneration. So I thought it would be interesting for this podcast to just take a moment and sort of reflect a little bit on queer ancestors and who our queer ancestors are. And of course, I run a retreat for gay and bi men around this time of year that focuses a lot on the ideas of queer ancestors and taking a moment to remember them and to think about their contributions and to honor them. And so for me, Ancestry and queer ancestors is an interesting idea because it's something that I've shared for a long, long time in my work, and people don't always immediately get it. You know, people are like, well, you're queer, so if you don't have children, or if those people were queer and didn't have children, how can you be their ancestor? And I think that for me, it's always been about our spirit ancestors. They're my ancestors in spirit as other queer people and through the contributions that they've made either in the mundane world or spiritually, or for some of them to my life personally, because I knew them and and they're no longer with us. And so I think that that's a really important concept. So it was really encouraging when, when Ben Stimson came on and talked about affinity ancestors and this idea of, sort of what I was talking about, about these spirit ancestors, people who aren't 
directly related to us by blood, but that we still count them as our ancestors. And I think that's a very important idea for queer people. And when we think about queer spirit ancestors, when we think about some of these people who have gone before us, some of them centuries before us, who have spoken up, who have refused to bow or to conform to what was expected of them to go ahead and live their lives as queer people, to love the people that they chose to love. When we think about connecting to those people on a spiritual level, then we are connected to a line of queer power and queer courage going back centuries. And that's really an empowering and amazing thought to have. And I think it's important that we have that thought right now. Because at this time, LGBTQ people are under increasing attack in the world. And knowing that we are connected to that line of centuries of queer power and queer courage helps us, helps sustain us to continue to be in this fight, to continue to move forward, to continue to live our lives in our truth and our, in our authenticity and with love. And when I think about queer spirit ancestors, for me, I sort of break them into three general categories. So the first one, of course, are those people who went before and championed the queer cause. The people who refused to conform, to go along with the flow, to deny their love because it was convenient or easier to do. And so I think of people like Oscar Wilde, the poet and playwright, and um, who was tried for gross indecency for consensual homosexual acts. I think of people like Larry Creamer, who founded the Gay Men's Health Crisis in response to the AIDS epidemic and the incredible inaction by the U.S. government at that time, and who later was a catalyst in the founding of ACT UP, one of the most uh Front, front and center organizations of direct action activism during the AIDS crisis. I think of people like Vito Russo, the film student and activist who wrote The Celluloid Closet, who co-founded GLAAD and did a lot of work to change the way queer people were perceived in popular culture, in film and in television. I think about people like Harvey Milk, who led protests and stood up to hate from Anita Bryant and others like her in that era and was murdered for his convictions. And all of these people are our queer ancestors. We are connected spiritually to them through our queerness. And we have that same courage and that same power in our bones that they had in their bones. We have access to that. And when we remember them, when we tell our stories and our history, we keep those people alive on a level, on a spiritual level, we keep them alive by retelling these stories, by remembering our history, by remembering where we came. We refuse to go backwards. When we think about how things were at the time that Harvey Milk was doing his work, or during the AIDS epidemic, when Larry Kramer started the gay men's health crisis, when we think about that era, when we know our history and we think about those people 
and the challenges that they stood up to, we can say, we're not going to live that again. We're not going to slide backwards. We're not going to suddenly be quiet or go back into the closet. And that's a very powerful place to come from. And remembering our queer ancestors and connecting to those memories and to those stories helps us to be, feel empowered to do that, to say, never again, we're not going to go backwards. We're not going to go back into the closet or start being quiet. And so the first category I sort of group queer ancestors into when I'm remembering them are what I call the giants. And it comes from something that I was told once about how we stand on the shoulders of giants. Everybody who achieved things before us, we they sort of lift us up and we stand on their shoulders so that we can go and reach even further than previous they were able to. And so I think about all of those people who took a stand for LGBTQ rights, who took a stand for queer rights, who refused to deny their love or to deny their queerness. And they made a certain amount of progress. They chipped away at the discrimination and the hatred and the lack of movement towards equality for us. And now today we stand on their shoulders. And so what can we achieve now? You know, we're not starting from the same place they were. And so these people, we put in that category of giants because they came before us and they helped sort of forge the path for what living as an out and queer person means today and made it possible for many of us to do that. But there's still a lot of work to be done. And that's why we have to stand on the shoulders of giants and continue to do that work. There are still, I think last time I saw 85 countries in the world where it's illegal to be queer. That's amazing to me that in 2023, there are places where it is still illegal to be who you are. And so we still have so much work to do, but fortunately we have these giants whose shoulders we can stand on. The second category I like to think about are what I call this, the spiritual queer spirit ancestors, right? And these are the people that for me have opened doorways for queer speech, queer people to explore their spirituality in a way that affirmed their queerness and in a way that celebrated and recognized their queerness as something special and something unique and something to be celebrated. So some of these are nameless individuals from long, long ago. Um, in Randy Connor's now out of print book, Blossom of Bone, he talks about sort of a spiritual history of queer people. And he talks about the tr potentially transgendered, but definitely transvestite priests of Inanna in ancient Sumerian who were gender variant and likely practiced homoerotic behaviors and were a valued priesthood of the goddess Inanna in ancient Sumeria. He talked about the Gali in the Roman era who were priests to the goddess and were likely queer. He talked about the two spirits from the Native American tradition, and in particular from the Plains Indians. So he talks about all of these different traditions. And there are all these individuals from stretching back to the very beginnings of human recorded history, who carved out a place in spirituality 
who where they could express their queerness, obviously not in the way that we do today, because the word queer and the idea of queer identity didn't really exist in ancient times the way it does today. But there were still people who practiced gender variant behavior. They dressed in women's clothes. They had relationships with the same sex. These things, these behaviors have been around forever. We just have changed how we think about the identity of the person. Um, we believe the Sumerians may have had a third gender. They actually had a word that meant neither woman nor man. So the way that we view these identities has changed, but the, the act of being queer hasn't changed. It still has always been there. And since the beginning of human recorded history, we've had these people who were queer and who provided access to the divine for other people. They formed the priesthood. They were medicine men. They were oracles. They held different spiritual roles as intercessors between the normal world and the next world. And lots of the guests that have been on, particularly in the last few months, have talked about the liminality of being queer, how we sort of walk between the worlds. And I think Charles Harrington, I think it was episode 12, talking about tarot, really spoke very eloquently about when everything else is failing, when, when the world is falling apart, when there are answers that you need and you can't get them any other way except from the other world, from this liminal space, then that's where you go and you seek a tarot reader. And oftentimes in these past traditions, it was a queer person who was able to navigate that boundary between the worlds and bring those answers through for the people who needed it. And so those also are our queer spirit ancestors, those people who we don't know their names, we know very little about them. We know a little bit about their practices, but we know they were queer and we know that they played a valued role in their community as sp spiritual intermediaries for people. We also have queer spirit, spiritual queer spirit ancestors that we do know their names. So one of them that comes to my mind, of course, is Scott Cunningham, author of Wicca for the Solitary Practitioner. Scott was gay. And that book, he wrote so eloquently and so lovingly about the worship of the goddess and about Wicca that it really inspired an entire generation of people to sort of explore Wicca and nature spirituality. It's the first book on Wicca that I ever read in my teen years and really sort of set my feet on the path that I'm currently on. And so Scott Cunningham especially holds a very special place as a queer spirit ancestor for me. There's also, of course, Randy Connor, who I mentioned his book, Blossom of Bone. He wrote such an eloquent and beautiful history spiritual history of queer people in that book. And of course, Randy is no longer with us, but his work is still available. It's hard to find sometimes it's been out of print for some time, but you can find used copies. And Blossom of Bone is a book that has often inspired people to really start to think about what are the spiritual roots of queer people going back to the very beginnings. And so Randy is one of our queer spirit ancestors who also holds a special place in my heart because his book has inspired me on my path as well. 
So that's the the second sort of category. We've got our giants. We've got our spiritual intermediaries as our queer spirit ancestors. And I think the final category I want to recognize today is the people that have personally affected us. Lots of us have lost people that we knew, that we cared about. And those people are still also our queer spirit ancestors. I spent 10 years as the co-founder and co-facilitator of the Between the Worlds Men's Festival, which was a festival for gay and bisexual men who practiced non-traditional spiritual paths. So basically, Buddhist, pagan, witchcraft, druidry, heathenry, anything non-Christian, really. And for 10 years, I was involved with that. And during those 10 years, I met a lot of very beautiful, spiritually deep men who were very loving, very fun to be around. And sadly, we lost a few of those people over the years. And they are now part of my queer spirit ancestors who I still remember very fondly. And at this time of year, I still light a candle. I still go over my memories of them. If I'm with people that remember them as well, we might retell stories about them to keep their memories alive. And one of those is a young man named, named Puck. He came to Between the Worlds for several years, and he was quite the character. Puck was so fun. I mean, he took his name. He was a he wrote extensively on Shakespeare and was quite um, he was involved in theater and acting and had really studied Shakespeare. He had written a couple books on witchcraft in Shakespeare. And he took his name from the name of Puck from Midsummer's Night. Uh, Midsummer's Night Dream. And he had that playfulness about him. He would always have these elaborate costumes that he would show up in the morning at breakfast in. Sometimes it was a Southern Belle in full dress with the hoop skirts. Once it was Wonder Woman. So he had these costumes and he would dress up in these fabulous costumes. He would dance with such joy and abandon around the bonfires that it just, it made your heart just sort of sing to see such joy of expression and freedom of expression in him. And he was just the most gentle and loving soul. And he passed away some years ago. And Puck is one of those that we still remember whenever I talk to people from that community who knew Puck, we'd spend a few minutes and, and remember something fun about Puck or something that he said or something that he did. And it always brings a smile to our faces, and we keep his stories alive in that way. Another person that we lost from the community that was important to me was Crystal Bear. And Crystal Bear got his name because he used to go dig his own crystals at different sites around the country. And he was very into crystals and crystal energy. Um, when Christopher Penzak was our keynote speaker at Between the Worlds, he set up a crystal grid for Christopher to meditate in before his keynote speech. And he was also very into Sanskrit mantra. And he gave a workshop on Sanskrit mantra, mantra based on a book of on healing mantras. And I went to it and really, really enjoyed it. And he gave me, he gifted me his book, a copy of the book because he was just so excited that I was lit up about it too. 
And to this day, I still quote, I still chant some of the mantras that he taught during his workshop because I do find that they bring me a certain peace of mind or they help me break through blockages or obstacles. And when I do, I often think of Crystal Bear and the times that he came to our events and he was always willing to give to the community and to the people that he met there. And he's sadly no longer with us, but at this time of year, I often think of him as well. And when I get together with other people who knew him, I like to remember and tell stories about the ways that he impacted us. And around pagan circles, there's a saying that we often say, what's remembered lives. And I think that that's the important part for this third, third sort of category, the people who have impacted our lives, is that when we remember them, when we share their stories and we tell those stories, we keep a part of them alive and a part of them with us. And so before you go out and have your fun for Halloween tonight, take a moment and light a candle and think about the queer spirit ancestors that you have. Think about that line of queer courage and power going back to the very beginning of written human history. Take a moment to connect with that and see if it doesn't make you feel more empowered to live authentically as who you are to stop trying to fit in and find your own sense of belonging and rooting, rooting into your queerness and feeling fully embodied and comfortable and, and brave in that queerness. Because I find that it does for me. And I believe that if you take the time to really connect and to ponder and to reflect on those ancestors, it will for you too. So take that moment out to light a candle Remember and thank and honor our queer spirit ancestors, the giants, the spiritual intermediaries, and of course, the loved ones who have been close to us and impacted our lives. Bright blessings and happy Halloween. Thank you for listening. This has been the Queer Spirituality Podcast with Julian Crossan Hill. If you enjoyed this show, please consider leaving a rating on whatever site you get your podcasts at. Rating the show allows other people to discover it and be exposed to these ideas around queer spirituality. You can also find my blog and past episodes of this podcast at www.queerspirituality.net. That's www. Dot queerspirituality.net. You can also there find links to the Queer Spirituality Facebook group, my various social channels where you can get involved in the discussion or send me your feedback or questions or things you'd like to hear on the show. Thank you again for listening and for your support. Bright blessings.